What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Hello and welcome to Art of War Unbroken. Champions may lose, but their spirits remain unbroken. I am your host, Blake Law. This is actually episode 61 for once, and we are very happy you were able to join us today. They say we learn the most from our losses. That is exactly what this show aims to do. We're going to interview an elite player who has lost one to two games at a major event, and we're going to talk about all the things, all the stuff, and we're going to talk about that elusive bad dice roll, how it happens how to not blame it. We all blame our games on bad dice sometimes. I blame my games on bad dice. I lost to our guests this weekend, and I'm going to say right now, it was 100% bad dice. There's nothing in between. Blake Law is claiming it right now. So we're going there. We're going to ATC. We're going to Chattanooga, or the Nuga, as they love to call it. The city smells kind of gross, if you've ever been there. <laughs> There's a little bit of a scent in the air, but... Don't let it tarnish this wonderful event. And we're talking about team events. Brad Chester's absolute favorite thing on this planet. And our guest today played both of us in two separate games. He played me. He stomped me into the ground. He played Mr. Chester, and they had a nail biter. And we're going to talk about what this player could have done differently. He was playing Custodes. Brad was playing Aldari. Let's get right into it. My co-host today has won every team event known to man since the dawn of time. His first team win was in 1982 at the Pogs World Championship. He picked up a slammer. He nailed it down. He was 32 years old at the time, absolutely annihilating a bunch of children. I'm, of course, talking about the one, the only, Mr. Brad Chester. This guy. Oh, fresh off. I After we both played him, our, our guest today, after we both played him, and I was like, you know what? We're talking about the specifics of your list. I don't care if you want to come on or not. You're coming on. We're dragging you on. What's funny is I actually individually, separate from you, I played him. And I said, hey, man, have you lost a game? He's like, yeah. I was like, you want to come on Unbroken this week? He's like, yeah. I'm like, done. <laughs> and then Brad texted me. He's like, hey, we're going to bring this guy on. I'm like, it's already happening. <laughs> and you don't even have to tell me. So it was, it was already a foregone conclusion. I just conclusion. thought it was so interesting. Let's, well, let's give you some props well, first. And then actually, we'll dive in. He's actually the second. When we're back-to-back week, he's the second three-peater for this show. So this is his third time on the show, and I'm very happy to have that. So our guest today is the biggest trader known to man. He started off playing a <laughs> faction that uh, everyone knew and loved him for. And then he was like, Oh, what can I jump ship to? Oh, the thing that everybody hates. It's not Tal, so we'll kind of we'll kind of steer you away from that. But uh, he's been playing some Custodes, and he's been doing it pretty strongly. He's finished a, very well in a lot of events this year, and he's just kind of been floating around the top of the Custodes player ranks, actually. We're talking about the one, the only, Mr. Robert Moreland. Ooh, I really like, well, as, before we get into it, I just want to throw down... I really liked your list. I want to give you props on that. That was one of the things because it's different. It was a little bit more, it was a little different than what is out there. And the, those little things that you added, I mean, well, they're kind of big things when you talk about, we, we talk about knights and stuff in them. <laughs> There's some big changes though, but they made it so much different to play against the list. And I really wanted to have that out there because there were so many options I felt for both of our games uh, between your, your game with myself and your game with Blake that could have went differently both ways. Um, and I love that. That's the whole point of Unbroken is to learn from all those things. And I think that your list gave you more options than 
a typical Liska hat. Let's talk about the event, brothers. Let's talk about the event. Let me just start off by saying that um, I was absolutely thrilled that I got paired into Robert because um, I was looking across. I was like, I really want to play Robert. We've never played, so it was it was a really good game. I loved it. Well, it wasn't a good game. He beat he beat the tar off of me, but it was a super <laughs> it was a super fun game. So uh, I'm happy with it, man. It was it was a great time. What'd you guys think? What'd you guys think of the the ATC? Oh, I, I absolutely loved ATC. You know, I've done smaller uh, team events before in the past, but this was actually my first big team event. Just, I mean, as I'm sure y'all know, it was it was almost like a reunion of everyone that travels all around the country to play. Yeah. You know, it's just, I mean, it didn't matter if you played in California, New York, Florida, Texas, Midwest. It's like everyone was there. So it was really cool being able to, you're just walking down to your next game. You're just like, oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I've seen you in forever. And then, you know, uh, there's a reason why, you know, good old Texas rolled them won the spirit award this year because uh that usually was followed by a whole lot of shots oh yeah <laughs> nothing wrong with that i've oh, never yeah. been offered more shots in my life than as i just walk by and everyone viet's like hey you want a shot i'm like no man it's like 7 a.m i'm not doing it <laughs> <laughs> hey man you can't drink all day unless you start in the morning all right yeah maybe maybe that's true hey, that uh, was the, that was the, one of my favorites is still he called me out i was drinking at eight he goes yeah but when did you start i go <laughs> I, it's literally 8 a.m. and I'm drinking wine. He's like, I took a shot before I brushed my teeth. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you guys, you guys. Well, I got to say that the um, the team event for me, this is my first team event, honestly. Like, I've played like this style, you know, the, the standard team event style, I would say. And it was a really a learning curve for me because I went into every my first two games, I went into the game saying, how can I win this game? How can I get a win condition versus list that maybe I'm not so great against? And as I played, I started playing with the mindset of, okay, they're putting me into a list I'm not supposed to beat. How can I lose this like 8-12? And that was like a super big like twist to play in the game that I really liked. And it was really fun trying to minimize a loss, which you, it sounds oh, crazy, but there's a lot of there's a lot of skill to be like, all right, I'm gonna just try to slowly bleed points instead of just like a, giving you a 20-0. It's a huge skill too to realize once the game gets away from you, you either you know add some rolls, you made a mistake, whatever. Realizing that you need to score points because in a singles game doesn't matter. You still just go for it. You go for the win. You make your decisions. In a team game, you still have to come away with the most points you could possibly get for your team. So you have to make an adult decision and go, all right, Robert's about to beat me. I need to figure out how I can minimize this. And that's a big thing to realize that before you're making this YOLO swag push into the, you know, where you just go, well, it didn't work. And I now I get a zero twenty and you're teams wondering exactly why you didn't come back with the the five or six that it looked like you were going to come back with originally well tony uh there was there was a round i think it was round five or one of the one of the rounds late you know and tony and then put me into sisters it was just like this impo- i could not win it like there was it was almost an impossible matchup versus a competent player right and they're like all right just like try not to get 20 owed because they they had matchups where they could get 20 0 you know so if, if i trade that it doesn't make sense so my goal the whole time was just to do nothing i sat back and did nothing and then at the end of the game i scored the points i could score and i ended up i think getting six or seven it's like well you know then we won we won the round so it's like um it's kind of a big deal it's pretty cool yeah and uh massive props to art of war by the way right uh because you could tell because uh, that's the other aspect that i know probably my team was missing right uh, like it almost felt like my team had we were kind of set up almost like an individual event where i felt like playing y'all Every army y'all picked was complimentary. 
you know, no matter what, it still provided a choice and would still score points regardless. You yeah. know, so like, it, it, but in addition to that, something that I really appreciated was, and I'm sure y'all have seen it at events before, where you have a lot of people just talk out games. Well, no, you have to actually play them out here because it matters for your team, even yeah. if you're losing. Like, hey, no, let's play it to the end. That's a big I, deal. One of my yeah. favorite, my, one of my favorite games of all time is the, the year we won the WTC, the World Team Championships. Uh, I had a game that I literally lost 19 to one. It was winning it on five, tied on on six, and then it went to seven, and it was just getting pounded. But I, I literally ground out one point. I had to make some moves to get that one point. Yeah. We won the round by one point. So yeah, it makes yeah. a difference to get those points. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like people like sometimes either give up or they just go for it. You're like, no, points is points. You know what I mean? That that literally that might be the difference between a win or loss, you know, or a draw and a win and whatnot. And it's just that's why I love the the team so much, the format, because you lose a game at a singles event, you're like, ah, oh, I feel like I can't possibly win. Every time you have a team event, every round is like a new tournament. Yeah, I mean, you, you put whatever just happened, you throw yeah. it away, it doesn't even matter. And you you go out and you try to score the most points you can score for your team. And like we were saying about our list, we had to really, through years of going through team stuff, and the, the Art of War guys had to kind of learn it as we went, getting ready for ATC and WTC, in that you can't just take your singles list because... You could score literally, like in the, we'd say the WTC, they have eight players. You could score seven, 12 to eight wins and then lose one zero to zero to 20. And that's not a win. That's a draw. You know what I mean? Like feel really good about a bunch of wins, but you need to create differential. You need to know how to score points when things go bad. Uh, And pairings are a game within the game. I love that part about it too. That's, that's a huge deal. We've talked about in the past a lot, you know, like how do you make 40K more competitive, like esports? I think the team events is the way to do it. Like having a team and having like the plays and the choices, it for one, it fixes the meta because the meta balances out when you can literally pick matchups and, and decide. Well, you can only use one of any one thing yeah. too. That's the biggest thing is that you have to start figuring out in a five man, your fourth and your fifth, and an eight man, your fifth, six, seven, your eighth, you know what I mean? You have to figure out the list past the obvious choices of, you know, these are the two armies that are the best right now. And then go, okay, well, also, sometimes you just take armies that are meant to just score some points and just go, hey, man, I took on the Tyranids, the whatever, and went, yeah, maybe I'm going to lose, but they're not going to get points against me. You know, there's going to it's yeah. going to be a 12-8 type deal. And a lot of times that's just as good as a win because they're yeah. banking on that player getting 16 to 20 every time. Right. Yeah. It's big. I I 100% agree, Brad. After playing this weekend, I see why you keep saying every single time we have an episode, I would do strictly team events. I would. I would. I'm all in. If there were a team circuit, that's all I would do. It also, it makes it so if the meta is terrible, it's not terrible because there's one awful list that's in there that you don't have to worry about. (laughs) You put Blake into it and Blake just intentionally loses a 6-14 and everyone else gets 20. There you go. Bam. Tell the truth. I got got two questions for you to start us off with, Rob. One, let's let's run through your list and then let's go with where did your team see you in pairings? Where do they have you? What was your role in the team? Sure. So uh, to just kind of go over my list, uh, I had a shield captain with uh, the shield. I I can never pronounce the thing, but I also spent the points to give master of stances. I'll explain why here in a second. Then, of course, Trajan, because if you don't have Trajan in custodial lists, is it really even a custodial list? (laughs) And then uh, I had five three-man Sagittarium units, which is a whole lot of sag, right? And then followed by a couple 
uh, Achilles dreads, just bare bones. Let's see here. What am I forgetting? Because I'm forgetting s- stuff. Oh, and the banner, the Magnifica. So I gave him the emissary specific warlord trait, which extends his range three inches. So it's a nine inch bubble, a minus one to hit. Then I gave him the full Fulgris Aggressor Relic, which everything in that bubble shooting out gets to ignore cover. Then, of course, followed by an Agent of the Imperium detachment, a super heavy auxiliary detachment of three Helverins that were frontline fighters. So whenever you got within 18 inches, they went up to strength eight, which uh, is legit. <laughs> which he made me pay with. It, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Those Helverins really changed the dynamic of that list. So I I thought it was a great pick on that. So now, I'll I'll talk more about breezing and stuff like that a little later. But my my role as far as the team went was because overall the team we had uh, we had space wolves, which was fifty terminators with combi melters, right? So that was kind of meant to be our skew list, uh, just the person that we threw out there first and see who would take the bait. Right. And then uh, we had Nids, we had Blood Angels, we had um, why am I blanking on everybody? But my whole role was to. You had Chaos Knights, I think, didn't you? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We had uh, Chaos Knight uh, Armager Span. So my role was to try to take the harder matchups. And even if I had to lose, keep the keep it minimal. Right. Because I knew I could score X number of points. So just give me give me those high scoring lists because I know I have the ability to try to bully them with the massive amount of OPSEC that I have in my list and keep their score low enough. So even if I lost, I would keep it such a slim margin that I would uh, try to like ideally keep it to a tie or have their win be relatively minimal. So that, that was kind of my role with it. And I can see that though, because of the fact that you've got all those Sagittarium squads, all OPSEC difficult, and also your emissaries. Tell me about yep. these emissaries because I'm not going to lie. It was irritating to say the least. I was just like, <laughs> ah. Yeah, so uh, I, I'm my mind is still blown whenever I uh, you know look at different custody Facebook groups. Uh, it just a lot of people are not giving emissaries the credit. I believe that they should have um, because the army-wide fight first and having unlimited interrupts. I've, I've counted the amount of CP I would have had to spend in a game to have the amount of interrupts that I've had, and it's been on average between 16 and 22 CP worth of free interrupts that I'm getting every game. And then army-wide, ignore all hit and wound modifiers. So anytime someone goes, hey, look, I'm minus one to wound, I get to have the fun conversation of going, no, you're not, right? <laughs> um, hey, I'm minus one to hit. No, you're not. Like I, So it gives me so much more efficiency as opposed to Emperor's Chosen, where that minus one to hit, sure, you may get a free reroll every single time, but that's when the twos love to show up, right? <laughs> so over the course of a game, you're going to end up rolling a lot of twos. And sure, you may end up using that reroll to reroll one of those hits, but knowing that no matter what, my entire army is hitting on twos and I have the reroll ones in there, it just throws the efficiency of my entire army through the ceiling. Double shoot those Sagittarians, also a big deal on that. Not ignoring that minus one and then still being able to full fire both of those profiles. Because that's a disgusting profile when you go, hey man, also here's the bonus shot that yeah. does three damage. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. felt, I felt the wrath on that, man. He came up on me and just goes, oh yeah, these guys are going to shoot three damage shots. I was like, oh, okay, well, uh, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh yeah, I mean it's like I can't the amount of opponents I've walked up to the table with, and I, I have my small little box right, and there's like that's it. I'm like yeah, no, there is a disgusting amount of shooting in this list, and people don't really anticipate how much shooting I actually have until my first shooting phase, and they're like, whoa, right? Because I think yeah, Blake, I, I, didn't I kill like three of your big knights in one turn? You did. Yeah, you killed three yeah. big nuts in one turn. It, I was literally tabled. I was like, oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, those uh, those Helverns, uh, I'm going to buy some of those right now because uh, those things melt. I liked it a lot. That's one of the reasons I was like, we're definitely, after Blake had already apparently had you on, uh, scheduled, I was like, we're bringing it on. Yeah, yeah. No, because I really enjoyed the, the combination of Emissaries and then the Helverns because that three damage cannot be overlooked. And it also extends the table up. So you can, you have the, the very, un- the really, really good mid-range of assaulting and shooting that the custodes bring and then you have the reach out and touch someone of the helverance that really changes the dynamic of what you're able to do you can't just kind of sneak out you're going to be punished for the, by those helverance for showing your face at which normally you possibly couldn't so i like i had to hide for instance our game i had to hide in the back and i wanted to actually push out a little bit to the flank where i could have hid from the sagittarium at at the very end of the range and behind a piece of terrain, but I can't hide behind the Helverin because it has that extra, that little extra look out and get somebody. And it actually made it so I had to make non-optimal moves behind my terrain and my in my back in my deployment zone. Yeah. So uh, I mean, especially my list, I'm super dependent on a lot of firing lanes. But I mean Sagittarium can move quick since they have assault weapons. And especially with me being emissaries, you know, I can advance, shoot both profiles while you're minus one to hit. I'm still hitting on twos. But the armagers being able to have that 12-inch movement and the 60-inch range really get gave me the flexibility that, in my opinion, the custodes are really lacking. And that's that long range kind of I want to call it anti-tank. I, I wouldn't necessarily say those autocannons are in the anti-tank type profile but with a one cp strat uh what was it um forget exactly what it's called but every six to hit auto wounds right it's big and it was it's a bigger part though tell them the entire strat because i knew the strat but i didn't actually realize the extent of the strat and the efficiencies of the cp of it uh, oh, yeah. The CP efficiency. Yeah, it's just one CP and you can select between one to three armature units. And every six to hit in a ranged attack, auto wounds. Whenever you have, and that, that includes a little gun, the little stubber on top. So Crazy. whenever you're looking at 4D3 shots, that I'm running Quester Imperialis you know, for the frontline fighters. So there's uh, four shots, strength four, minus one, one. It starts to add up real quick. Um, ended up playing a side. Uh, a Necron list who brought the Silent King, who definitely underestimated three Helverins all shooting at it, right? It just died in the shooting phase. No problem. Did you, you, pick, did you pick up the Silent King with three of them with that strat? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he picked up a nine. That, that, just that, so that, you got to figure, he's, he's saving half of them. They're three damage per, per. It's like just the perfect profile to just pick up everything that they have. And it's just, you can't, three damage weapons are just such in a primo spot right now. There's so many three wound uh, different units out there, and it's got a good AP on it. It's just it it just puts down a, a ridiculous amount of fire, and it feels terrible when you get shot by them because you're like, oh, only a couple wounds went through, but you're like, I have to make all of these basically, or I'm dead, or my small vehicles. You know what's stupid you know? about that package, Brad? Is you can take it in knights, 
and put a Crusader to make him weapon skill two or ballistic skill two, or you could put him on a Paladin and reroll ones. Like what? That's even that's pretty ridiculous. Also, the banner guy is just so irritating. It's not like anybody doesn't know that because Kessel's been around for a while. Yeah. But just having a giant aura of minus one, I was just like, so those guys are in the aura. Everybody's in the aura. Cool. Uh, you, you're either yeah. in the aura or you're just completely behind something and you can't be seen. So yeah, I think uh, I worked out the math once. Uh, I know I, if I recall correctly, if, using uh, the two inch uh, coherency, and if I have them just toe into that bubble, I can be as far across as thirty two inches across the board and still be minus one hit. So like that nine inch bubble is super solid. Hundred percent on that. So let's talk about some of the missions we played. You got two missions between Blake and I. You and I played uh, five objectives. Why am I blanking on this? We either played Death and Zeal or Conversion. Did we not? Uh, it was Long Table. So. Oh, I'm making this up then. Mm. Uh, you played play round two, didn't you? But we didn't play 11 because that was a different round. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, trying to find it real quick. Because, yeah, it was Long Table. It was five objectives. So it had to have been Scouring. He played scouring, yes. Yeah, we played scouring. How do we forget that? I don't know. I was just yeah. thinking to myself, I'm like, I feel like I would have put a bomb down. I feel like this not putting a bomb down would have yeah. been hard for me not to achieve for the entire game. Yeah. yeah. But uh, we both set up very defensively. Like, both very defensive on on that. And I was, you know, it's, it's weird because this matchup is so much different for me going into it i know that it's where we'll, we'll put we'll turn the focus back on you but i, I had it run my mouth just a yeah, little bit right. because well no because i i play i'm playing my aldari i'm usually defending i bring double banshee scorpions karandras baharoth and i kind of lean on the banshees for fight last and then i do basically melee by committee where i just get to fight everybody and i get multiple attacks and i get to bounce away and i get to just do whatever i want to do and the emissaries were just frustrating even trying to set things up because of the fact that you can auto interrupt all of a sudden spacing made a bigger difference because i couldn't get to some places you know and you know and wrap people completely so you could pull me out of combat a little bit and or i just lost half a unit before i got to fight because i just can't be like go ahead and fight last you're like or how about I don't? <laughs> and, also, and also, I'm standing on an objective, just letting you know I've got a one CP interrupt because two CP seems too much. Yeah, so, yeah. but it it really made it. And I say this all the time: when you make your opponent ask questions, they have more chances of getting those questions wrong. Because if you may, if you let your opponent sit in his basically his comfy zone, his happy place, he's just gonna he's probably not gonna mess up. You know what I mean? You you gave so many questions on that firing lanes, putting stuff. I also. I actually, I think one of my favorite parts, we'll go into the rest of the game. We literally had one of these small pieces of terrain, very small. And both of us were like, wherever, we'll just put it wherever. And, and we both kind of just threw it, his in the back, and I threw mine kind of in the front. And both of us got punished for both of those pieces of terrain. <laughs> Robert had to move all the way around his and lost a bunch of inches. And if I would have turned mine, I would have been able to hide in a line behind. Instead, I got a unit picked up. And I was yep. like, Remember those unit, those pieces of terrain that we thought were completely inconsequential? Well, they made a huge difference, and both of us basically lost a unit because of oh, them at each, at each yep. side. But just the small things count; they do. No, they they really do. They all the that all what we thought was just crap terrain that we literally just threw on the table. We're like, oh my god, my armature can only move like four inches now. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a big deal because you think about like a lot of things, and I say this quite a bit, which is small things a lot of time add up because you think about it. You made a two inch de- deployment error, you made a slight two inch movement error, and you go from almost an auto charge to a fifty percent coin flip if you use the CP. Yeah, I mean they're. Like small things just add up over the course is that of the game. The, is that your motto in life, Brad? Small things add up. They do. You just got to do it a little bit extra. This makes sure. Couple more reps. Yeah. And it all counts in the end. <laughs> oh Jesus! But um, so what did you choose for your secondaries on this? And what was your overall game plan walking up to the table once we got to the scouring? What were your thoughts about the match? And so, so with scouring. Uh, I knew I the the best bid for success is always going to be just going second, right? Like because I know, especially with custodes being a an army low model count but very elite, I need to make sure I'm always trading up and getting max efficiency out of every single unit, right? So none of my Sagittarium can just be shooting; they have to be shooting and charging every chance that they can get. So knowing that. If you go first, I now have the opportunity to maybe start getting some charges off. It would put me in a really good advantage turn one. But as far as my secondaries go, I ended up taking Stand Vigil, which is basically Custody Stranglehold. So it's score three points at the end of the battle round, unfortunately, as long as you hold more objectives in no man's land than your opponent. Then uh, I also took, I believe I took Grind and Banners if I recall correctly. Banners for sure. I'm not sure if I took... What was it? I don't remember on that one, to be honest with you. Yeah, I want to say it took... uh, Yeah, it had to have been grind. Because I took Wrath of Cain, I took Mental Interrogation, and then Banners. Banners? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, especially with the changes to Banners, I I just felt like... And the custody ability to advance, shoot, and still do actions because uh, Conservi, that uh, Marshal Kata, is actually uh, the Emissary's special Kata. So I could activate both stances. So I knew, like, hey, look, if I can just advance, still kill some stuff with that unit while planning down a banner, like, I'm golden. With every single one counting as two offsite models each, yeah, I'd be pretty set. Blake, you mentioned dice rolls kind of coming down to it. Well, the most important <laughs> dice roll was who went first. And we tied three times. Times in a row. Three mm-hmm. times in a row. With my and dice, we, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Brad, Brad was just setting up like, oh, no, we're, we're tying. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, let's you do this. You rolled this one the last time. Yeah, that's a... Well, it was funny because that was the biggest roll of the game. I don't think there was any more crucial roll at all of any set of dice because... I had a huge advantage going into that. I knew I was going to be in trouble if I had to go first because we also had set up, I had set up my side of the board, leaving some some lanes because I didn't want Sagittarium hunkered down on the middle objective and everything, you know, basically giving me no lines with my hail army to try to get there. And then, but in the same vein, you set up lanes for your Sagittarium and the Halverins. So it was very difficult to move around the board and not give yourself some sort of area to go and get killed. So I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do and just went, you have zero ability to get back here. Don't do anything to these guys for a turn. And then I tried to make it so you had to pull up and you did a little bit. But going second was a gigantic advantage for sure. Yeah, yeah because uh, I mean, I, I knew I wanted to mitigate your impact of those bikes, right? Because the, the bikes just give you so much movement. And uh I felt like I did an all right job keeping your bikes back there as long as I could. 
But me having to go first, it just allowed you to have way more favorable trades. And there's just nothing I could do about it. Right. Uh, you, you kept me to a full zero points on Stan Vigil since it scored at the end of the battle round. I, I remember that one vividly, unfortunately. Yeah, because I basically I ended up playing very, very cagey because of the fact that I got to go second. So I just kept overloading the middle with just enough. I think too much a couple of times. I kept debating on that. Uh, to clear you off, but it, it's a big thing on that. It's and that's another thing with the emissaries is it was driving me crazy. Like because I was trying to get two attacks in, you know, I'd want to hit some, I'd have to clear the middle, so that had to go. And this is why I want to go. We're talking about this, and I'm broken. Yeah, like this yeah. because like, I, I pointed it out because normally I can go. Okay, I'm, I have to fight over here first because the banshees are making these guys go last. But the problem is, is that and I didn't clear an objective off uh, one of the times in in your deployment zone i send some stuff in he gets a free interrupt he kills just enough stuff i don't kill the unit completely off because one of the units got killed and then i had sent two basically um uh, enough stuff into the middle to clear the middle but because of the interrupt and a free interrupt you know just fight first i wasn't able to fight with both units to clear his objective off so if in effect i was just standing there staring at the board going well i just kind of sent some units on a suicide mission that was supposed to you know, give you a four, and instead you still got an eight, and I lost some units. So I was just kind of going, F you, emissaries. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I remember, uh, I mean, not our game, but I have played games before, like uh, Harlequins back in the day, right? A pre nerf, right? Yeah, they, they would try to multi charge me. And it's like, okay, well, if you send one unit, I'm going to tangle for you, and you're just stuck standing there in the open. If you send two, you're going to lose one. Right. If you send three, I'm going to tangle foot one and then I'm still going to kill another one. So it's like all of a sudden being able to remove all that flexibility and forcing people to play in a different way really can get into people's heads, uh, especially after because uh, after the first time they're like, oh, wait, this is real. Like each one of these Sagittarium are four attacks of strength five minus two one. Right. So you got 12 attacks coming at you from just a three man unit. At that point, they're usually already committed. Oh, I like some of the combos, though, that you can pull off on that. Because with the fight first, it allows you to do a little bit more aggressive plays. For instance, tangle foot somebody that's trying to move away from you. And normally, because it's there, you know, it's your turn, the defender would get to fight first. But now you fight first. So you can actually take a, an, an actual melee threat, keep it in combat because of the fact that you can go first now. Usually, you know, you could be punished for that because they get to fight before you do. But the fight first comes into play on that. And I think makes that combination very, very nasty because uh, you just get that opportunity to take that person away uh, before they can do anything. <clears throat> and uh, if you have the opportunity to actually set up your katas in a way that's favorable and are able to kind of think a couple turns ahead, that's actually something I managed to do against uh, a sister's player that I played against where I activated the guitar that says you have to roll off if you want to fall back, right? So I managed to tag a Battle Sisters squad and Repentia, right? And he's like, okay, well, I want to fall back and shoot these guys. Well, roll off. Oh, no, look, you can't fall back. You're stuck here with me, and I get to fight first. Like, these units just die, and there's nothing you can do about it. It's huge on that. People just like really rack their brains. Like, there's got to be some way out of this. I'm like, no, I, I just get to fight first, and it is what it is, right? So, some of the minuses that ignoring the minuses is such a big deal because you can do things like you were talking about advancing. Just the sheer amount of, I mean, you're getting 17% more hits all the time. 
but you're also doing that with wounds and everything else. And they just add up over the course of the game. The fact that you just kept being able to, I never got the lightning. Uh, you didn't care if you were shooting through things. Banshees did no one gave a shit. You just, you know what I mean? You, you got the smash on them. But those that adds up over the course of time, over over the five turns of a game, just getting that amount of extra hits all the time, all the time, because you're not worrying about that. And then the fight first, again, I there were so many fights during that game that I had to fight with just the Banshee X Arc. The, you know, uh, a full unit got killed uh, over in your corner and stuff like that. Uh, those things just don't happen if you don't have that, which is why I, I was really impressed by, I played them a couple of times, but I've played Emperor's Chosen a million times. Yeah. And I was really impressed, at least for against myself, the way my army operates. It was a pain in the ass, I have to admit. You were a pain in the ass, Robert. Thank you so much. I'm so glad I could do that for you. Yeah. You were a gentleman with my with my ass, so um, no pain in the ass over here, man. Yeah. Nice dude. Uh, we had a good, the, the game was fine. It's just it made my head hurt because I had to keep staring at the board, figuring out what the hell I was doing. Because oh, there's a lot of things you can do on autopilot because you've done them so many times with your army. I'm going to make this fight last. I'm going to do this. This is the combination. I'm going to fight here. Baroth is going to go with these guys, and then this kills this. And you go with your normal statistical deviation, your normal bell curve, because you know that this amount kills this amount. But then, then you have to go, well, what happens if he fights over here first? Or he fights here first? And, and I have to make both those decisions now. And it makes it very tough because now I have to overcommit to two different spots if I want to get to both outcomes successful. So it just it gives you a lot more problems on that. I have a lot of stuff for the, the Bradnick, by the way. I've got future questions. So much yeah. Brad. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to even ask you right now. It's too obvious. So. I, you wait until the Brad Nick for I'm it. I'm ready for part two. I'm ready for <laughs> it. Let's go. Let's go there. Thanks for joining us, Robert, for the third time. You are the. You could be the first four peak guest. I don't know. Uh, you got to take it up with Ogden, but. Uh, oh, hey, just wait. Whenever Guard comes out, I got you. Oh yeah, yeah you're gonna be the first game, so it won't matter. When there's a new Guard book, when there's a new Guard book, you're the first Guard guest on here. I'm just putting that down here right now. There's gonna we're be gonna, no Guard guest before Robert comes we're on. Gonna, we're gonna bring him on in an undefeated tournament too. What even matter? Yeah, yeah. all right everybody thanks for listening join us for part two the bradning make sure to check out our other podcast at theartofwar40k.com we have the art of war vanilla with nick Natavati and paul murphy we have the very 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 australian art of war down under with the late and great adam camelier we of course are the art of war pistachio the flavor you didn't know you loved but he tried us thanks for listening Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network. Theartofwar40k.com. 